0: You know, people are like why in the world would you want to run a marathon in Antarctica or why would you want to train a year to do an a Ironman and it's because I can <laughs> you know it's there was a time where I didn't believe that I could but when I got to the point where I believe that I can it's it just put me in a completely different mindset
1: Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wita L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy. Today, I have Yolanda Holloway-Stevens. She began her endurance sports career in 2012. What merely started as a desire to get active after two ACL surgeries and subsequent weight gain turned into attaining goals beyond her wildest dreams. In 2012, in April, right before her birthday, Yolanda completed her goal of finishing a 10K race. Her original goal was a 5K, but due to scheduling conflicts, she couldn't do the 5K that she wanted to do. And the only thing that was available prior to her birthday was a 10K. Following this race, the feeling of accomplishment sparked a fire that led her to register for her first half marathon in December later that year since 2012, she has completed 17 marathons and 33 half marathons. But her greatest marathon adventure occurred in January 2020 when she traveled to Antarctica to run 26.2 miles on the white continent. She was a part of a group called the Black Ice Project, where black fraternity and sorority members ran a marathon together in Antarctica. In 2016, Yolanda set out to conquer a new challenge, triathlon, but there was one problem. She did not know how to swim. We have that in common. She sought a coach, learned how to swim, and started her triathlon journey. We actually met when she did her first 70.3 in Augusta. Since then, she has completed three half Ironman races, completed in the USAT National Championship Olympic distance and she recently completed her first full Ironman race in Cozumel in November. Yolanda is also a mother of two and works as a senior director of human resources for a multimedia publishing company and is a fourth year brand ambassador for Betty Designs. Please welcome Yolanda to the show. Well thanks again for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's my pleasure. My first question is, what got you into endurance sports?
0: Well, I don't want to say it happened by chance, because, of course, we have to work for it. But I started my journey with walking. And it was more so walking to a lot of things I was going through in my life. It was divorce. I had two knee surgeries, and I had put on a lot of weight. And one day, my doctor said, You know, your family medical history with my father having heart disease, my mom having diabetes. And he asked me, he said, do you want to be around to see your kids and your, you know, your kids grow up and your your children's children? Um, And he said, if so, you need to make a change now. And I think I was 37 at the time. So I just got up and I started walking. I put my headphones on. I picked a three mile route around my neighborhood. And that was my only goal was just to get moving.
1: Okay, so how often did you walk your three miles? Like how many times a week? Maybe three to four times a week. There was no
0: goal outside of just completing the course. And I just started moving. And I started seeing that I was feeling better and that I had a little bit more energy. And then from there, I challenged myself to run for three houses or kind of jog for three houses. And then I would walk until I felt like going again and I would add on a run house, take off a walk house, and eventually my ultimate goal was to do a 5K. That was actually my bucket list at the time.
1: Okay. And you started in 2016?
0: No, this was
1: 2012. 12, okay. And you had knee surgery. What kind of knee surgery did you have?
0: Two ACL.
1: How did you carry your ACL? Dancing. <laughs>
0: I danced most of my life. I started dancing when I was three and danced through high school and through college. When I graduated, I danced for a semi-pro football team. And it was during an audition that I blew my knee out. That was my first dance injury. And I was, I think, 22 at the time. Then years later, I had probably four years later, I tore my ACL again And that, that's when the doctor was like, you're not going to dance anymore. And I put on a bunch of weight because I had two surgeries that year, one to fix my meniscus and another one to fix my ACL. So it kind of had me out for a little bit.
1: So did your injuries cause you to be down like after you had surgery? Cause you couldn't move like you used to.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like I said, I danced most of my life. So be, to be sat down for a year to not have much physical activity because I was on crutches for about five months. I put on weight and I think, um, you know, with having issues with my marriage, I just, I, I got depressed, I, I did. And that getting out to get active a few years later is kind of what brought me out of that.
1: Well, that's good. I can, well, I can, I tore on my ACL, but it went not complete tear last March and I had surgery last December. And I still feel like I can't run. So I'm kind of like, I mean, I walk, but I feel like it's kind of, I get sad sometimes because I'm not like where I was before. So I can kind of relate, even though it wasn't, I didn't have to have a complete ACL reconstruction. So it wasn't as lengthy, but like my knee bothers me now from my bike ride I did Saturday. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it took a while for when I, the last one I had was a complete tear. So I had to get that one reconstructed and it took a while to get, to get back. But I was never a runner prior to that. I, that was just not my thing.
1: <laughs> it was dancing.
0: It was dancing. And the, the track coach in high school tried to get me to come out to join the track team. He said, if you can dance for hours on end, of course you can, you have the stamina to run. And I, he said, come out to track, you know, track tryouts. And I was like, okay, you know, I didn't have competition season for another five months. So I went out and I did a half a lap of warm-up and I was like, no, that's not for me.
1: So tell me about your first race, your 5K, after you trained for your 5K.
0: I registered for the 5K, but I realized after I registered that I flew out for my sororities conference that same weekend. So I had Mm -hmm. to find another race. And I told them, I said, I have to do it by my birthday. My birthday's in April. I said, that's the promise I made to myself. They said, well, actually the only race that we have before April is ten k, and I'm like, I didn't no five k was my goal. That's <laughs> <laughs> twice as much. <laughs> right, right. So they said, well, we 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 have one in July, and I said, no, I promised myself by my birthday, so I suck it up and I did a ten k. That was my first race.
1: So tell me how you felt when you crossed the finish line. I cried <laughs> because it was, it was it was something that I never
0: imagine that i would do i mean again i said running wasn't my thing but over a course the course of a year of me challenging myself to run you know jog a little bit further and then walk and i started feeling better about myself and i started having more energy it was a huge accomplishment for me to finish that 10k and do it in in a good time for me at that time was was a great time it was over the goal that i had set for myself it was just an amazing Feeling to cross that finish line.
1: So after your first 10K, what made you continue running and doing other stuff afterwards? It
0: was the feeling of accomplishment. It was it was that, and through the process, I started dropping a little bit of weight. The weight that it put on. I mean, from the time that I was dancing for the semi-pro team up until probably a year after my surgery, I'd put on a lot of weight. I was up to 235 pounds. And through the course of me doing my run walk and training for my first race that first year, I had dropped weight. So probably a year and a half into when I started, I had lost about 60 pounds. By the time, you know, probably two years after I started my run walk journey, <laughs> I had I had lost 60 pounds. So that it's it's the, the feeling of accomplishment and meeting my my little step goals. Is what just kept me adding on something different. Like I wanna then do a half marathon. And then I set a goal to do a marathon and, and it just went on from there.
1: What was your first marathon? Disney. Because
0: I said I was one and done. <laughs> so I said I wanted I live in Orlando. I said I wanted it to be something fun. Disney makes everything magical. So I said if I'm gonna do just one marathon, then I want it to be something that's an experience. And so I did Disney and that was an experience in itself. I mean, I literally thought I was gonna fall asleep on my feet when I was running. I was so really? exhausted. I think <laughs> when I came around mile, I think it was around mile 24. So I was in the home stretch and I honestly did not think that I was gonna be able to make it any further. And I came around a corner and Disney had a full gospel choir singing Kirk Franklin. <laughs>
1: And I could have Mm -hmm. fell
0: out right then, but that's all I needed. And I got through the finish line and I was crying. The lady was like, Are you okay? I'm like, No, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. The tears of joy. It was straight tears of joy. And then I signed up for another one the following month.
1: (laughs) You did another one the following
0: month? Mm -hmm. And the one after the month. Another marathon, which one? I don't even remember. But I know I signed up for three in a row. I think the last one was Tomoka Marathon in Ormond, in Ormond Beach. (laughs) But it was, yeah.
1: So what is your favorite road race and why?
0: Favorite road race was New York. (laughs) New York Marathon. Why New York? It was going through the different boroughs, and every borough had its own flavor. And it was so much crowd support. It was a party from beginning to end. I mean, it was a close tie between that one and Chicago but i think just you know you go through the boogie down bronx and they're like welcome to the bronx and you know they have all of their music playing and then you went through another bor- borough and it was it was just a great experience
1: when what year did you do
0: new york i did new york 2016
1: 16 okay mm-hmm. i like new york too my favorite is chicago though and second in berlin
0: Okay, okay. London, I like London.
1: I have to do London, Tokyo, and Boston for my six.
0: Tokyo is evading me. It's pushed three times. That's my last one that I need for my avenue. (laughs) If I would have tried to do 2022 and they pushed it again, I would have lost my package. So I said, no, I'll wait.
1: Okay, okay,
0: okay. So tell me what is your worst roadways and why? My worst one, I think it was... Um, the A one A marathon in South Florida. Okay, why? Wow. That was the second one. That was my. Okay, that was the second one. You can remember the, the name. Word. That's probably. <laughs> it was. I struggled with it, and I don't know if it was the heat. I didn't think the day was ever going to end, and I remember that it took me so long that the aid stations closed, oh. and <laughs> yeah. there were still runners on the road, but the aid stations closed, and they moved the race onto the sidewalk. So it just made it go even longer. So it was, it was, it wasn't a good experience. Okay. Yeah.
1: So what has been your greatest running adventure?
0: Antarctica. That was definitely an adventure to take a Florida girl and put her on the white continent.
1: So what made you <laughs> tackle that challenge? Is you going to do the seven continents or
0: continents? Yes. So if I had to get the continents, I had to go through Antarctica So I actually did South America and Antarctica within two and a half days of each other. So I ran both within two days. So I did Chile and then flew down to Antarctica and did that one in the dark, in the cold.
1: Is it dark the whole way?
0: Well, it was it was dark pretty much, I would say, 90 percent of the race. But that's only because you can only get there through a certain window of time. And our first time trying to fly out, the visibility was so low, they had to cancel the flight. So then we got another flight out. So we were supposed to start running in the afternoon. However, when we landed, that's when COVID first started picking up and Mm. our route had to get changed because there was a research camp that refused to let us run over to their research camp. So they had to take time to reroute the whole marathon. So we didn't get started till late afternoon.
1: What time was it about?
0: It was, I think it was maybe about six o'clock. So we had about an hour of light and then it went to complete darkness because of course there are no paved roads. There are no. Did you have a
1: head headlamp or something? They
0: only had a few of them. So not all the runners had one. So you tried to buddy up with someone who had one, but of course everyone has their own pace. And it was literally, I think we did a few thousand feet of elevation on that run because when they rerouted it, it was all up and down a mountain, pretty
1: much. How <laughs> many runners Ice. participate approximately each year?
0: We had the, I don't know if you heard of Black Ice. We really? had a group that went, okay. So it was us and probably an additional 14 or 15 runners their portion of the race was flat so that was our break but since they cut it off all we had was the hill
1: how much elevation was it
0: i want to say it was about 2600 in the dark and how cold was it it was 14 degrees the wind chill the whole way Mm -hmm. and the wind was it ranged between 15 to 20 miles an hour so, so it was dark and cold and then it started raining and raining and raining and hilly and hilly and muddy. Oh. It was an experience.
1: So how, I mean, how much longer did it take you say to run that marathon versus your usual?
0: Oh, probably about double the time. It was a long night because it was dark. I got, went back to my tent cause we had to sleep in tents. And I got my cell phone and I had to use the flashlight on my cell phone to light the way because it was total darkness on the road that you were running. You didn't want to twist your ankle by stepping on a rock. So you had to be really careful.
1: That would have been me. I do that on regular roads. <laughs> <laughs> I've twisted my ankle in two two races. Yeah. So it was so dark
0: that there were times where I heard water trickling. I'm like, okay, so that must be The water, so I need to move a little bit to the left because it was that dark outside that you you couldn't tell where if you were going to walk onto the water because we were right walking against the water, or if you needed to go the other way. It was it was just dark.
1: Did y'all have run into any wildlife? We saw walruses and a lot of
0: penguins, but that was it—walruses and penguins. Would you do it again? Absolutely. Would you? I, 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 we're special kind of people, right? I would. If I decided to ever do the, the what is it, the triple eight or the the seven continents where you can do one, at one in seven days, a marathon in seven days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I would go back for that. <laughs> now, mind you, this coming from someone who didn't like running, who couldn't run a mile.
1: That's interesting. Is not it more expensive than other marathons? Going there just with with the flight and everything.
0: The flight and the and the mandatory insurance is costly.
1: Yeah. About how much is it compared to let's say uh, New York is? I can't even remember how much New York was.
0: When... Well, it's because we didn't. Bro- it wasn't broken down by the the amount of the race. It was the whole package. So what you were paying for was the the hotel that you were staying in in Chile. You paid for. The tour to Torres um, Torres de Pine. You paid for the flight to get from Chile to Antarctica for the tents and the tent city where we stayed. Okay. Yeah.
1: Did everybody who did the black eyes do Chile first and then do Antarctica? No, or- you had
0: a choice to do the marathon in Chile first and then Antarctica, or you would do Antarctica and then do the race when they got when you got back. I opted to do Chile first and then let Antarctica. Be the end of it for me.
1: I think that would be better because I'm sure that was the most challenging part.
0: Yeah, everyone. I think everyone who who waited probably wished they would have done it before. <laughs> before.
1: I bet. Did anyone have any issues as far as with the cold
0: hypothermia? Or everyone finished. Everyone finished injury free. Praise God for that. They just took a little bit to thaw out. <laughs> it was a little cold. <laughs>
1: I can, I can imagine because when I go running, when it's cold, it always takes me a minute to warm up and not a marathon. It's be like.
0: <laughs> there wasn't really a way I could train for it. You know, in Florida, I could come up to Chicago. To to- I
1: should
0: run so I've never seen snowfall. I've never seen it fall. I've only seen snow on the ground, and that's one time when I went to New York and then in Antarctica. But other than that, I've never seen snowfall.
1: So if you run again, come up here (laughs) in January, February, and run with me. Be close because it depends on the winter, how cold it gets. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Season three we will continue the new segment called Ask the Doc." If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, go to my website www.weouilife.com Click on the tab Voicemail. Leave your voicemail and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment Now, back to the show. So what made you progress to triathlons? Like, what made you want to take on that challenge?
0: After I had finished 13 marathons, I said I wanted something different to challenge myself. And the only thing I could think of at the time, because I wasn't interested in doing a ultra, I said, well, I'm going to try a triathlon, but I didn't know how to swim. (laughs) So I signed up for my first race and then I went and found a coach to teach me how to swim.
1: So how'd you find your coach? Through a friend, through a friend. And what, what was the hardest part for you for learning how to swim?
0: That it didn't come quickly, you know, the, the, the technique and there were, there's so many elements to the technique of swimming. And when you're an adult swimmer and you don't know how to swim, like I'd never learned how to do freestyle. It was frustrating for me to, okay, this is what, first of all, let's start with blowing bubbles. (laughs) Then you're working on your stroke, but then you have to kick, but then you have to keep your body in alignment. But then you have to, when you turn your head, you can't lift your head out of the water because then you're going to start. Then you have to work on your, (laughs) your, on your pull. But then while you're working on that, you can't forget to recover. on the. it was just so much. And so every time I'm swimming, I'm hearing my coach saying, chop your hands into the water, keep your head down, keep your body in alignment. So It was frustrating for me that it's not as easy as picking up your foot and putting it in front of the other to run, that there's so many pieces and parts involved to an efficient swim.
1: I agree. Did you take individual lessons or group initially? Individual at first,
0: just so I can get the basics. And then I started, um, I joined the tri-team and the coaches over the tri-team and started training with them.
1: I was similar to you. I didn't, I, I took swimming lessons as a child. I couldn't swim, and I, I said I would do. I told my godson I would do a race and come home, and I couldn't lie. So I just started. I said, "So I'm, I'm gonna do it next year. I'm gonna take a year to learn swimming and then do a triathlon." So that, and I couldn't lie to him. If it wasn't for him, I probably would have just been like, "One day I'm gonna do it." <laughs> One and day I'm gonna learn when I met
0: I'm you. Gonna... I met you with my first half Ironman.
1: Mine was my first too. Okay. <laughs> What was the hardest part of doing triathlons to you? Is it swimming or is it just putting all three sports together?
0: I think it was the swim because in my head, I mean, not so much when I was doing the, like the shorter distance triathlons, but when I got to the half Ironman, it was the swim portion that, that gave me the, the most fear, I should I say, because, you know, I'm used to training in the lake that I train in. Everything else is an unknown to me right so I try to psych myself out and say it's just a big pool you know that all you have to do is put one arm in front of the other just like you do in the pool um but I also know with Ironman that you if you don't get out of the water <laughs> in a certain amount of time that all of the training that you put together for that race is done for the day so yeah you know I just you know I would tell myself just get through it and get out of the water in time and you're in are good
1: the first year I did try, I freaked out every, I made it to the end, but I had a freak out moment each race. And I made friends with the kayak person. I even took a picture with one at one race. And even in Augusta, mm-hmm. I jumped off that little, and I jumped too deep and it freaked me out. So I grabbed a kayak and the woman was like, you you know, you heard it's a video where it's like a blaze Potato chip bag float yes. down mm-hmm. the river. Mm-hmm. She was like, "If a," she said, "She said if a bag of Doritos can make it down there, you can too." <laughs> I got myself together, <laughs> right? And made it to the end of the race, but I had a freak out. every every single race my first year. I had a freak out moment in mm-hmm. the swim. So, but second year I was a little bit better, and I, I say mantras to calm myself down. Do you do anything to calm yourself down when you're swimming? Or are you just kind of focused? I can do
0: all things through Christ. I repeat that. I could do all things.
1: <laughs> That's what I say. I say, what do I say? I say, God is in control and I can I can swim because I have to remind myself, I might be slow. I might not be the best technical, but I can swim. So I have mm-hmm. to remind myself that I'm not going to drown. Right. <laughs> <I'm> okay. <laughs> just keep swimming and just don't stop mm-hmm. so I can make it. <laughs> yep. So have you had the same coach during your whole triathlon journey?
0: I have, and she, she's just amazing. I was blessed to find her. Not a lot of coaches around. I guess we'll teach from, we'll do private lessons for an adult swimmer, at least not here, but she's, her name is Sarah McLarty and she's here in Claremont, Florida. And she's, she's amazing. Yeah. She taught me how to swim from blowing bubbles in the water all the way up to completing my Ironman.
1: So what is your favorite 70.3? I have you, um, I know you did Augusta. have I've you done, other... done Augusta. Okay.
0: I've only done it three times (laughs) and it's because, well, COVID, when COVID happened, I was supposed to do North Carolina, but when they moved it, they moved it two weeks before Florida full. So I had to push it um, to a different race and they said, well, you can change it to Augusta. Then I was supposed to do Florida 70.3 in Panama City to prepare me for the Florida Ironman. And because of COVID, they pushed it and they pushed it to be the same day as the full. So of course I couldn't do that. So I changed it to
1: Augusta. <laughs> I know you mentioned that like if you spend too much time in a swim or if you don't make it through the swim, your day is wasted. Because when I did my only DNF was in Ohio and I went over to swim time. Um I looked at my watch. I'm like, hopefully that's wrong. But I'm like it was like to prepare me for my A race. So I just kept going and I like to cycling mm-hmm. is the fav- my favorite part. So I kept on the cycle, but I overheated on the bike and then run and ended up in a medical tent. So I wound up being like the worst race ever. But it started with that bad swim. <laughs> and I, I did that from the from get though. I just kept going because I was crazy. But I learned, even though that was like an awful race, I learned a lot about nutrition and I sight poorly, which is something I'm going to work on this season <laughs> with my coach. But I learned a lot even though it was a bad race. Have you had races where you like, they were awful, but you learned and it helped you make it through the next race? Absolutely. Ironman Florida.
0: That was the hardest thing I've, I, I thought that, um, you know, Antarctica was hard. <laughs> but mm-hmm. swimming, first of all, let's start with the temperature in Florida dropped into the 40s mm-hmm. for the weekend of the race.
1: And that's cold in Florida. Yeah, cold in Florida. What was the water temperature?
0: Maybe been 69. It was much, much warmer in the water than it was on shore. But the wind had picked up to about 15 miles an hour. So it created an extremely choppy ocean. And the rip current was very strong. So I got pulled off course about 700 yards.
1: Wow. And when the, I've never swam in ocean till the rip, does it just kind of just take you?
0: It it It's like you're, you're swimming, 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 and you look up and you haven't gone anywhere and
1: mm-hmm. you're swimming okay.
0: and you're not going anywhere. So with Florida, you had to do two loops. You had to go around and then get out of the water, run to back to the start and get back in the water and do the second loop. And there were people who wouldn't even go back in because the, it, the, the current was really beating you up. I mean, it was just pushing people around I got stung in the face by a jellyfish on the mm. back of my neck by a jellyfish. But I could see that the wind was blowing. It was blowing the buoys. So, you know, the buoys were kind of, scattered. you weren't quite sure which way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I got pulled off course. When I came out of the water, I looked down at my watch and I was eight minutes over. Mm. My coach was standing right right at the exit. And she was like, I know, I know. And she was like, so what are you going to do? You want to finish the course? And I'm like, I'm not doing it for free. <laughs> <So I didn't, laughs> I went, you know, I'm not going to do it. It's 40 something degrees outside. So I will, she was like, okay, Cozumel's in two weeks. What do you want to do? I'm like, I'm going to Cozumel. Okay. So before I could even dry off, I'm on my phone registering for Cozumel. Okay. Please. I'll
1: say right then, right then.
0: <laughs> It had a 33% DNF rate, that race.
1: I heard, I heard so many stories. Even from my friend who's done like 10 Ironmans, they had to pull him. One of my friends was a coach who did that race. Mm-hmm. He didn't finish the swim, but yeah.
0: I, I was thankful for the race. Even though it was mm-hmm. my first DNF, I learned that I could do really hard things. I made it through the swim and I was really proud of myself for that. So that gave me when I went to Cozumel, I'm like, I did that. It definitely was a confidence builder that I kept going. I didn't stop. I didn't have to get pulled that I finished the swim. And I was I was just proud of myself for finishing it.
1: That's good because before I had my dnf it was I don't it was like like I don't know like a fear of death or something and after it happened I'm like I mean it's bad but it's like did you die I mean it's worse things that can happen than you dnf right I used to worry like that was the i like I don't want to just not finish I used to sit around and worry during training it like stressed me out mm-hmm. so it's like after I got over that and just to finish training because like I guess the worst has happened, not really, but the bad things no, happened. Right. I mean, a lot worse than happened in a DNF. But after it was done, it was like, it's not that bad, even though it is bad. So I know how you feel. <laughs> so tell me about your experience in Cozumel.
0: The what? I would do that race again. I would do it again this year. It was setting the weather aside. How was the swim? The swim was perfection. It really? was a point-to-point swim with a current. The okay. water was 100% visibility all the way to the bottom. I felt like I was swimming with Nemo. It was absolutely yeah, was beautiful. it wetsuit legal? Wetsuit legal. They had all the pluses on the swim. Okay. okay. Um, there were um scuba divers at the bottom waving up at us that were down there scuba diving. It was just it was beautiful. It was beautiful. The first loop of the the bike was nice and then the sky opened up. The rain. Yeah.
1: I heard it was like flooding in parts of it.
0: The water went up to my feet trying to cycle through it. It was,
1: it was deep in some parts. Wow. So you were like swimming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but You know what? After I went, when you get to the backside of the island, there's nothing out there. It's just road, right? So you could see across the island and I could see the dark clouds and I saw a lot of lightning. So I was just praying. I'm like, when I get back to town, please don't let them cancel the race. Because it was lightning and thundering that bad. But Mm -hmm. silly me and the rush of things, I put sunscreen all over my face because it was supposed to be hot. So when the water started, Mm -hmm. the rain, it was washing the sunscreen into my eyes. So I was cycling with like one eye open because my eyes were burning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) But I'm like, I will finish this. I will finish this.
1: (laughs) So was it flat?
0: Yes, it was flat.
1: Okay. How was the run?
0: run was flat so that was three loops as well so three loops around the island and then it was three out and backs on the
1: run okay And what was the temperature was it hot well i'm
0: from florida so it was a little it was it was perfect for for me it was low 80s so for some that's hot for me that's a cold front
1: (laughs) oh goodness (laughs) So part of my podcast is to feature guests who've overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. Can you tell me about an obstacle that you had to overcome, whether it be running, triathlons, or just in life, and how you overcame?
0: I overcame not believing that I could do hard things. (laughs) You know, it was never, ever a thought in my mind that I would ever do an Ironman, let alone learn how to swim and do a triathlon. So I take it back to when I ran my first mile, it was getting past the belief that I could do more. And I think that, you know, as I accomplished a little bit more, that's what, you know, people are like, why in the world would you want to run a marathon in Antarctica? Or why would you want to train a year to do an a Ironman? And it's because I can <laughs> You know, it's there was a time where I didn't believe that I could. But when I got to the point where I believe that I can, it's it just put me in a completely different mindset. So I think, you know, as I conquered every the goals that I put ahead of me, I just had to get past me. So I think that's it. <laughs> I had to conquer, conquer my mind, you know, to get past, get past that. That's good.
1: So and an adult Yolanda could go back and talk to a younger version of yourself, what would you tell yourself? I would
0: tell myself that, and it, it sounds very cliche, especially because it's the Iron Man logo, but anything is possible because it is. And, and I would look back and tell myself that you can do hard things and that all it takes is you to make up your mind that that's what you want. Not wish for it, but work for it. It's what I would tell myself.
1: So what's on your bucket list as far as endurance events?
0: I want to finish my continents. So I have okay. Australia, Africa, and Asia left. And okay. I'll knock Asia off when I do finish my Abbott major. So I need to get Tokyo out of the way because I okay. will kill two birds. And
1: then I want to um, summit
0: Kilimanjaro.
1: Oh, I want to do that too one day. But you want to do the seven continents in seven days too? Mm. That on your list?
0: <laughs> if I won the lottery, yes <laughs> if I won the lottery, yes, but um that's that's not that's not a goal I've written down. The ones that I've written down and made it plain on paper that would be my seven continents and Kilimanjaro and um my Abbott majors,
1: okay Abbott Majors almost there,
0: almost there. <laughs> Come on, Tokyo.
1: any last minute words of advice for my listeners? I would say
0: when you set a goal to break it down into smaller goals, you know, whether it is weight loss and you want to lose 25 pounds, Mm -hmm. 25 pounds seems so big, seems so far, Mm -hmm. but every day is a choice. Every decision you make, whether it is what you have on your plate or how much you put on your plate, it's every, you just take each day, break it, break your goal down into smaller digestible pieces. And it, it, It helps because you see the small successes and not looking ahead to where I've only lost two pounds and I'm trying to get to 25. You celebrate the two pounds and move on to the three pounds.
1: Mm -hmm. And the
0: same goes with running. You know, be proud of the mile you're able to run and know that if your goal is 10 miles, that it's
1: just another step. Mm hmm great advice where can people find you if you want to be found
0: i am on facebook as yolanda holloway and on instagram as fame 1908 well thank you for joining me today thank you so much for having me i appreciate it
1: that wraps up this episode of running is cheaper than therapy podcast thank you for tuning in if you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, O L B, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love, OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you and please tune in again.